on today's show. Should the Dallas Mavericks trade for Jeremy Grant? What does he bring to the table? And let's talk about the Mavs and the Blazers as they play again in this Mavs-Blazers crossover version of Locked On Mavs. Blazers, let's go. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And what up, world? You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Maps and Locked On Blazers your first listen today. Wherever you're listening, the best way to help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review wherever you are, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section, should the Mavericks make a trade for Jeremy Grant? Why or why not? I'm curious to see the Blazers fans' reaction to that one, too. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And joining me, and I'm joining him, it's Mike Richmond from Lockdown Blazers. What you got for me, buddy? You know, just your past first point guard chilling here. Really excited to talk about more fun, fun Blazers-Mavs matchups. Actually, I we kind of agreed to not talk about basketball, which thank you for agreeing to the plan because <laughs> we don't need to re... We don't think we need to relive last night's Blazers-Mavs meeting. It wasn't or, fun for anyone. Nobody had fun. Nobody or had the fun. second matchup or the first matchup where they were all cursed in some way, shape, or form. Literally, yeah, Der- a starter Derek has Lively, been injured in each game. Yeah, Derek Lively, Kyrie Irving, Derek Lively again, throw in Grant Williams. Uh, you know, Blazers <laughs> getting their backup centers kicked out of the game. It's been... it's. Yeah. Um, let's just wrap this up. Okay. They play, they play for the last time on Friday evening. And I think uh, everyone in both fan bases is ready to get this thing over with. We'll talk about both these teams. We've got questions for the Blazers. Mike Richmond's got questions about the Mavericks. We'll do that. Uh, we also want to talk about how much coaching matters. I, uh, I think both fan bases would, would agree that that is a conversation that we both need to have about these teams, but let's start here. Mike, Jeremy Grant is a name that's been brought up a bunch when it comes to, you know, Big trades that people have put out. I'm sure there's a hundred fanspo trades that have been made to send Jeremy Grant to the Mavericks. He does represent a type of player that I think the Mavericks do need. They need some more size on the wings. They need just one more score, like one more guy that can get a shot. That's not just Tim Hardaway. You know, it's not obviously Luca and Kyrie. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about the Jeremy Grant trade. We'll see if we can come to some kind of an agreement here. But first, let's start. What do you think he brings to the table? Like, what would he, if going to the Mavericks, let's say they do come up with some kind of deal, what does he bring to the table at this point in his career? Incredible fashion sense. I think he'd immediately be the most stylish player on the Mavs. I don't think it's close, honestly. I don't think the Mavs are a particularly stylish team. I think it's, I think he would immediately jump to the top of the charts. Take that. Um, Lucas Tech Fleece, no chance. No chance. (laughs) Um, But I guess Kyrie dresses pretty well. He's just fashion forward. It's like his own um, thing, though. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really good catch and shoot shooter. Um, he's not really hasn't been in that role this year, but he's he's having back to back his first his two, two seasons in Portland or a season and a half in Portland. He's shooting as well as he has in his career. The best shooting the best shooting run of his of his career. Um, he could score in isolation. He takes really tough shots, and he's a tough shot maker. But if you're a tough shot maker, it also means you're a tough shot taker, which is can be pretty frustrating. Um. He's not a great passer, he's not a great rebounder, and he's not a great point of attack defender, but he can shoot and he can score. He can drive, he can um he can get himself to where he wants to go and get him to his spots, and he can he, he's he's shot it really well. Um he's he's like an offense first 
forward who doesn't rebound. Um, I, I don't think he checks a lot of boxes for the Mavs, but I will say this. If you just plug him into what airplane mode does, you just, you just plug him into yeah, the right. Derek Jones Jr. role. Upgrade, massive upgrade, massive upgrade. So like, I think in and of itself, if, if the, the Mavs, what they need to do is get more, better, more and better players on the roster. And I think Jeremy Grant certainly would check that box for him. Yeah, he's he's in that mold where you remember him. Some people remember him from the Denver days. We're like, oh, he's a scrappy defender. That's this three and D type of guy. Like he's not really that pl- that type of player anymore, right? Like he's kind of he signed this semi max like semi max deal, and he's you know now like the go to scorer for the Blazers at this point. Yeah, he's you know he last year when when Damian Lillard was still on the roster, he was like a secondary scorer, and he was pretty good in that role. This year, he's taken on more of that primary role, but he's not a primary creator. Like you can't like he's not going to like bring the ball across the court and, um, and run pick and rolls. Also like with the Mavericks, you're not allowed to do that. So like, it won't matter you're good. You're good, baby. Just like, you can br- hold on. You can bring the ball across the court this year. You just can't yeah. do anything with it. Once you're, across yeah, the court. you're it's, you know what, if you're passing to like the best score in the league, it's fine. Um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. If he dominates it a little bit, uh, but like he's, he is, was tasked last year with being this point of attack defender. And he was totally, it was just at, out of his depth and he got exposed a little bit, but he could be an okay help defender. I think where he's best is guarding like-sized guys in isolation. Like he's not this elite weak side shot blocker and he's not this great, like point of attack, navigating screens type of defender, but like you get him in an ISO spot against another big guy who wants to like, who wants to try to get past him. Jeremy Grant's long, he's competitive, he's strong, he's scrappy. Like he'll, he'll, he'll make those plays. If he's your fourth best player, you're pretty good. Like, I think you're pretty, he's like, has the perfect skill set to be that. I don't know if he wants to be that, but I think that's what he's perfectly tailored mm. to be. You describe defensively when you're describing him. I just couldn't stop thinking about that's exactly how we would describe Christian Wood as, as, a, as a defender. Like, pretty good in isolation. Jeremy, he can, he can defend in that. Better than Christian Wood. He's better than okay. Christian Wood okay. on defense, but he's, he's also hear. smaller. He's also smaller. So it's a little bit different. Like, he's more, you know, he's more three, four than four, five for sure. Do you think right now he has positive trade value? He's he's getting paid a lot of money. It's, t- it's tough because re- he he is he, his his contract is a lot right now. He's getting paid twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven yeah. million this year, twenty nine million the next year, thirty two after that, thirty four the year after that, and thirty six in the twenty twenty seven twenty twenty eight season. That is like a fake year number. Like, but yeah. I mean, so he's got five more years left with that player option. Yeah, yeah. So, so four after this season at like a hundred, whatever, one hundred and twenty-five million, hundred and thirty million bucks left. Um, it's he's, you know, he he's. I don't think the salary, like the individual year salary, is crazy for what he brings. Um, I know, I know, my man John Hollinger does, but like, I I don't think it's crazy, <laughs> but it's it's a kind of what you would pay for a guy who could go score twenty a game on relatively good shooting. Um, it's just. It's just four years of Jeremy Grant. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of years. And particularly in the modern NBA where teams don't want to lock up salary deep into the future, it's a lot. Um, I don't think he has negative trade value. I would imagine that the salary is relatively neutral considering that you would have to take back 30 million bucks to make a to make a Jeremy Grant trade work. But they're not looking to just dump him, right? Like that's that's they the aren't. Part of this. I don't I don't I wouldn't I would I do not think they will trade him at the trade deadline because they don't have a bunch. They don't have like plug and play power forwards behind him. They don't have like a young prospect that he's in the way of Malcolm Brogdon is the guy that they're much more likely to trade because they have a bunch of good young guards or at least young guards uh, that like 
what they would need to get playing time for. It's not like they're they're like pining to get Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker playing 38 minutes a night. Like that's just like not their path. So I don't think they need to trade Jeremy Grant. I don't think they're motivated to trade Jeremy Grant. But if the Mavs were to blow them away with an offer, I think you they absolutely it's not like they would hang up. It's not that they're not in that situation. They're a bad basketball team. If they can improve their future by making a trade, I'm they certainly certainly would. Um the Mavs don't have a lot of ammo to trade is the problem. Like the, the obvious name is Tim Hardaway Jr., right? He's the guy who would yeah. pop up. But I don't think that that makes sense for either team. I think the Mavs, weirdly enough, sort of need Tim Hardaway Jr. They need the offensive pop. They do. Um, they need it. Now, now you, I think that Jeremy Grant could replace what Tim Hardaway Jr. does. Certainly. Cause, certainly. Because, I mean, you've seen it in these games. Tim Hardaway gives it back. And in spades on the other end, the other end as well. But they do need yeah, that like that volume shooting for sure. Sure, and 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 they like that. You know, I I think he fits well with kind of what they want to do. And I wonder if if, if Grant could you could just plug him in there and it'd be fine. I, I bet you could. He's he's probably um, a little bit better, if if not a lot a bit better than THJ. Um, so, but I don't think the Blazers are pining to have Tim Hardaway Jr. So I think it would be if I were to if, crafting the perfect trade. It's something like. It's like the money from the Mavs, with all due respect to your listeners, it sucks. No, 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 the listeners know. The listeners are well aware of. It sucks. Like Kleba and Rashawn Holmes. And then then you want a young guy. And I know that Omax is off the board for you personally. And I would imagine he's off the board for the Mavs as well because they believe in what Olivier Maxson's prosper is going to become. And he's like this big, interesting, multi-positional defender that teams want. And if he was good, like they were were flirting with starting him at one point this season. So I think you would ask... I think you would ask for my man, Joshy, for for Josh Green. I I, I think it has to be him, right? I, I think that has to be the like the sweetener piece because the Mavs don't... You know, it's like you're getting a 2026 first round pick or whatever, lightly protected, and and Josh Green for for Jeremy Grant is that, is that like, is that too yeah. much for in your opinion? Is that too much? No, I, I, it's hard because that one of the reasons why I asked if he had positive or negative trade value was like, all right, how much can he just dump? How much do they just yeah, want to like yeah, dump yeah, him? Yeah. Right. Cause that's the question, but coming up, let's talk about what a trade package would look like. Does it have to include one of those young guys? Does it have to include second round picks? Mavs do have one first round pick. So we'll talk about that and get into all that coming up. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. It's the start of the new year and every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that all of your success is going to depend on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Listen, LinkedIn isn't just another jobs board. It It's LinkedIn. It's powerful. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates to choose from. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rank rank LinkedIn jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires. LinkedIn jobs also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have all the resources to hire. So thankfully, LinkedIn has got the process that is intuitive, quick, and easy. So go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. 
everybody has something in their life that you need to talk about, whether it's a family member that you have issue with that you haven't talked to in a long time, whether it's a partner that you're having issues with that you have tried to talk to your friends with, but your friends are don't really care necessarily sometimes. You're like, man, I just wish for somebody to care about this problem and to talk to me and to talk this through. That's where BetterHelp comes in. It's entirely online. You can go there and it's flexible so you can figure out exactly when you want to meet with somebody. And one of the things that I really like about it is that you can change therapists no matter what at any time. So, and it's no additional charge to change it because you don't, you're not always going to vibe with every single person that you're going to be set up with. So if you have something you need to talk through, I think everyone has, you need to check out BetterHelp. If you have no other options out there for you, BetterHelp is a great one for you. So check out BetterHelp, celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA to start getting the therapy, start talking through the issues that you have. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash NBA. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs. Lockdown Blazers crossover, being part of the show. If you're part of the Lockdown Mavs raccoon squad, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening every day. If you're part of the the, the Blazer heads, I don't know. What do you guys call each other? The, the killer, the killer we bread boys? We're, we are a committed group of enthusiasts, okay? I guess the past first point guards... Ourselves. Is everybody yeah. a pass first point guard that, that listens? No, to the most show? of my Just we so. got a lot of shooters. We're it's, it's <laughs> pass first point guard, a lot of chuckers. That's what we got. My listeners are all chuckers. You know who you are. <laughs> We're talking about a Jeremy Grant trade potential for the, for the Mavericks. And before uh, we stop, we wanted to talk about that. I think that they do have to. I think they would have to add one of those young guys, right? And so the contracts I've been throwing together are the Tim Hardaway. Rashawn Holmes contracts. I've been been kind of putting those together because that equals 29 million, which is just about what Jeremy Grant's making at 27. If you threw yep. two seconds in there, th- that's where you, that's where you start wondering. All right, to me, the motivation for the Blazers would be: we'll take a couple of second round picks, and we'll also get off of this Jeremy Grant contract three years earlier because next season, Tim Hardaway and Rashawn Holmes will both be expiring contracts. And so to me, if the, if you could, if the, if the Mavs can get in that kind of a deal, then I'm really interested yeah. in it because then all of a sudden your, your wing depth is really good. You don't lose Maxi, even though he's only played like five games a season. Uh, you don't lose any of the young guys. And Josh Green is kind of a little difficult to trade because he has that extension. So he's got that weird poison pill with his contract. So like if it was just Rashawn Holmes, Maxi and Josh Green, you try that. All of a sudden, the Blazers are taking in $7 million where the Mavs are, are not. So I don't know where they, yeah, I don't know where they to, are you, in the, the apron. Yeah, the that. Blazers could send back some, have to send back some money to make it work. It's not perfect. Uh, Blazers are only $3.5 million below the uh, tax line. They yeah, are not so going they to become a tax that. team. No. They're not going to become a tax team uh, to make it happen. So it gets it gets a little bit dicey. Um, I, I just don't think the Blazers would be incentivized to dump Jeremy Grant for a couple seconds. Like yeah. if they're going to dump him for a couple seconds, he's wait. Wait, like, you know, if, if that's the, if that's the going, if that's the going right. So it's like a first round pick and a young person, if that's, if you end up there and I, I like Josh Green, I, I don't know if Mavs fans do. Do Mavs fans still like Josh Green? Where are we? They're, Where, split, on, they're split on him. He's, he had an elbow injury this year. And so like, it felt like before that he was disappointing. And then it's, I don't know, he's only played a couple games since then. It, it's split. I, I, I still believe in him, especially they got him for like 11 million a year. To me, that's, that's yeah, not a gr- ton. Like good, good contract can really pass really good athlete. I, I, 
Um, he's only 22. So yeah. And he, he doesn't know how to dribble yet. At some point he's gonna learn how to dribble <laughs> and he's going to be, he's going to be good. I, I believe um, that might, he might not. Some players never learn how to dribble. I've watched a lot of this league. Uh, there's some guys who, who that fourth bounce is real. It gets real dicey. Jalen Brown um, is making $50 million a year. Yes. <laughs> what he's a freaking all NBA player. He's one of the 25 best players in the NBA. He can, he can, he could dribble in one direction. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would want that. Like, I don't think yeah. I would assume Omax is is uh, is no chance. Um, it depends yeah. on how. Like, I feel like if you get to the trade deadline and the Mavs are the fourth best team in the West, and it's like, oh oh, we have like we have Gotta to do get something. better immediately. Yeah. yeah, we have to get better immediately because I think um, I think there is sort of that existential pressure around this Mavs team where it's like we have one of the five best players in the world, which is literally the market inefficiency on, on winning championships. And when you have one of these dudes, you got to go for it. Um, so if like, you know, if they're eighth, maybe they don't feel it, but if they're fourth or if they're a game out of fourth, it's like, all right, maybe we do, maybe we cash it in. Maybe we say, Omax will come and haunt us in 2026, but we can't worry about that now. Yeah. Cause Luca could be gone by then. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite on that. I think if they're eighth, they'll look at last season and go, Oh my God, we missed the playoffs with a top five player. We've got to do like right, I think they right, get right, more right. desperate the farther they they drop down. And look at their schedule. Like this, they've got this home stand where they got this next game against the Blazers at home. They got five more games at home. Tough but one. Derek Lively may be out for some of those games. And then after that, it's brutal. Like it could it could be really bad by the time the trade deadline think, comes. So you in. don't you don't think Fridays is a big a big test, a big tough test <laughs> against it? When I when I previewed this slate of games, I did not put it under the big test category. Let's just say that. Okay, the, the well, Timberwolves well, game we'll went under see. there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it it doesn't seem like a a Jeremy Grant trade is likely, but it's it's possible. Like some of those things, some of those trades we just came up with, I think I think you could see them happening because every once every once in a while we get a trade where you go, really like that, like that's all they gave him up for, uh, and teams seem to want to save the money now with. Uh, with the you know this new apron, new CBA, and all that kind of stuff. So who knows with it? But Jeremy Grant doesn't exactly fit. I think what the Mavericks need, like you said earlier, he could fit. He could fit offensively, and he would help them offensively a lot. But the problem is they need another defender. They they need one elite defender, and I think they'll wait to do that this summer. They'll have th- after the draft. They'll have three first round picks they can trade, and so I think I think they'll wait to do that because they they owe pick to the Knicks. Is that right? They owe that Knicks pick. The Knicks pick from the Porzingis trade the first time. <laughs> <laughs> fun okay that's fun that's, that's from luca's rookie year that pick that they that's still a fun own. that's a fun thing to have to revisit on, freaking on the donnie pod. nelson um, oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so then they'll have a little more flexibility to like to really cash it in so that maybe yeah. that's why they can convince luca but oh there's an existential crisis okay r- real tough. quick can i ask you a question before we yeah, we, yeah. we kind of talk coaching stuff you've seen the blazers play three times um, what's your perception of their young guys? Because we're kind of, I'm kind of joking about how this isn't a hard game or whatever, and like the Blazers are bad. I'm not like I'm not I'm not confused. <laughs> I know the score of the game. <laughs> um, like I know I know the score of the game, but like, uh, what's your perception of Scoot and Shane Sharp specifically? Yeah, well, I texted you in the middle of the game the other day. I'm like, why is Shaden coming off the bench? Because I thought he yeah, had been their, mo- their most like promising young player so far. I was, I was surprised how he's able to create his own shot a little, and I was surprised that he's really taken that step up this season. Uh, but yeah, it was just seemed weird to me that they they're not pushing him forward, and instead they d- decided to put Scoot, who I think has been 
pretty disappointing. I don't think I'm, I'm I don't think I'm going to ruffle any feathers by saying that that he has been uh, the rookie that has not really stood out. Whereas you've had like the Jaime Hawkeses and the obviously Chet and Wemby's. You and, can't and mention Jaime Hawkes on a Blazers podcast. Are you trying to go to jail? <laughs> Should they have picked him instead of Scoot? Is that what you're trying to No, should have they have traded for with the Miami Heat when you know and Damian Lord and all this stuff? It's like, listen, it's a, this is a dicey area. Anyways, Scoot hasn't been good. He's been better his last 10 games. He was awful against the Mavs on, on Wednesday. Yeah. Awful. Um, so yeah, like I I think the, the the thing you look for in a rebuild is like you get a star, you get that foundational piece, and then you say, okay, here's what else we need. And I think that the Blazers still seem to be hunting for that. Um, you know, it, Scoot's 19, Shane Sharp's 20. Maybe that changes in the next couple seasons. But I would say 33 games into this, 39 games into this thing, um, they're still hunting. The Mavs front office, this is re- this is reported, was split down the middle on whether they wanted to trade for DeAndre Ayton or not. And it, to me, at this season so far, it feels like the, the, one, the side that said do not trade for him are right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he's all of the things, all of the criticisms that that Suns fans and and Brendan Clean over at Locked On Suns and and I'll say Brendan, not a fan of DeAndre Ayton, um, <laughs> uh, like not an appreciator. All of the, the the criticisms they they sort of lob lobbed his way and sent his way. They've all come. They've all come up at yeah. the beginning of the year. He they couldn't figure out how to use him offensively, and he was still playing his ass off on defense, and it was like awesome but that hasn't stayed there like he hasn't he has not stayed there not a great hasn't been really really good as a rim protector although he's averaging career high in steals um he hasn't been much of a of a pick and roll threat like he just he they haven't figured out how to use him and then because of that i think some of his frustrations the energy effort just like the the sort of physical give a heck minutes have not been there (laughs) and and that's and that's that's been the knock on him, right? Is that he doesn't bring it with the physicality and he doesn't bring it with, with sort of the intensity, the force, he doesn't play with force. And he hasn't, after starting pretty well, the first 15 games, he hasn't played with force. And it's just, he's, he's to me watching him every night. He's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, I can see why other fans bases were frustrated with him. He got 24 dunks in 24 games. Is that good for a center? Um, no, I don't think, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Blazers have some spacing issues, but yeah, he's he's a little bit allergic to dunking, a little bit allergic to dunking. And I, I thought he was going to be more ambidextrous. He's really right hand dominant, which is um, limits what you could do if you're always turning over that shoulder to get that right hook. And and I think the and the coaching staff, we talk about this a little bit. I, I think they were like, OK, well, Amphrey Simons and him will figure it out. And then Amphrey Simons missed 18 games. And it was like all right, well, hopefully it comes back soon. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, so they, they didn't have a very good plan B with him. So I would say, did the Mavericks dodge a bullet? I don't know. They, they, the contract is a lot. That's, that's one of the it's things. A lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, it's um, do is a combination of players who don't play making about $35 million worse than a combination, worse than one player who makes $35 million and doesn't play well. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah, yeah, you figured that one out at home. You, yeah, you sit is, down. Is, like is is Rashawn Holmes and 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 Kleba and and uh, yeah, I think it was you Tim. know and yeah, and it's like the, the the sort of the mixture of Mavs bigs who are like, eh, well, we don't we don't really want to put them out there. We'd rather go small versus like Aiton, who's just like frustrating, making the same amount of money, but would play because he's making that money and he's twenty four or whatever, twenty five. It's like I don't know. I I don't know if the Mavs are in a better spot, but I know the Blazers are not in a great spot having DeAndre. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of not being in a great spot, let's talk about the coaches of both of these teams. Let's talk about how coaching can affect the N- can be effective in the NBA and uh, how much it matters. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Hungry Root. I know that I'm trying to eat better in 2024. If you're trying to eat healthier in 2024, Hungry Root is here to rescue you from short-lived resolutions by making meal planning easy and nutritious. We're all trying to get nutrition. I don't want to live, although it sounds great, I don't want to live like... Uh, like uh, Al Michaels, who has never eaten a green thing in his life. Did you hear that story where he's, he's never, yeah, eaten, a ve- never yeah. eaten a vegetable or a green thing in his life? So you want to check out Hunger Root. Hunger Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one place. Take a short quiz. Hunger Root will get to know you, your goals, and what you like to eat, and they'll ask you what flavors you like, what kitchen appliances you use, all that kind of stuff. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences at the top of mind and start building a cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs of the week. So... Check out Hungry Root, and right now, Locked On is offering uh, an offer for all of the uh, Locked On NBA, Locked On Blazers, Locked On Mavs listeners. They get 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Al Michaels is just running running for cover on this one. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and your free veggies. Again, HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use the link that so that they know that we sent you. Again, HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Shut it down! All right, Mike, talking about Mavs Blazers. It's the fourth and final installment of in this in the saga of Mavs versus Blazers, where at least one game, one Maverick goes down at some point. But let's talk about the coaches of these two teams because there's some you no, know, there's been some some question about each of these coaches. Can they take their team to the next level? Can they get them over the hump? For the Mavericks, it's been strange because the first year, Jason Kidd comes in, they go to the Western Conference Finals, and all of a sudden you're going. All right, well, they can win in the playoffs with Jason Kidd as the coach because they just did it. And then the year after that, they they don't make the postseason at all. None of it. The 10 spots, they don't make it. And then they tank the last two games. And now I feel like we're back down to zero with Jason Kidd as the Mavs coach. He's like, all right, now you're back down to zero. All the goodwill that you gained in the first year, you lost in the first one. Where are the Blazers at with Chauncey Billups? We'll talk about coaches. Well, first off, I cannot believe the Mavericks would lose games intentionally. I cannot believe an NBA franchise would come out and intentionally lose basketball games. In fact, hold out starters. Players sat. Stars. Lie about injuries in order to lose games intentionally. I cannot believe an NBA franchise would do that. That is disgusting to me. And I'm just so thankful that the Blazers have only done that for 30 games over the last two seasons. You know, And if it had been 31, I would be... I would be pissed. No, they only the first year they only tanked 10, okay? No, no, last year, excuse me. Last year only 10. The first year 20 some. Um poof. Um Jeremy Grant doesn't even have to play after the All-Star break. What well, he has a great life. Send um, him to the maps for free. Just the, don't even need don't even take the But he would have to play. He maybe doesn't want to play. Maybe he's like, "Hey, I don't really I don't really do March." Um but, but I, don't, I don't do March. You know, Billups was dealt a difficult hand because the first year Damian Lillard was hurt. Um, he just he needed surgery. He was never right. But that team was good. They were like that's that roster was totally fine. Um, they 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 shouldn't have been as bad as they were last year. Um, you know, they were 
they tore it down. They drafted Shaden Sharp. They were not supposed to be good again, but they thought they would be competitive. And then once Dame got fully healthy because he missed some time with a calf injury in December, they were bad. They were bad. And they were bad with Damian Lord. And he had one of the great offensive seasons in the history of the league. He was perhaps the best offensive player in the NBA last season. Like he was awesome. Wow. He was so, so, so good. And they lost like, uh, they were like eight games under 500 with him in the lineup. Um, that's that's hard to do. <laughs> that's that's hard to do. I think you should probably win about half when you have um, the best offense in the league from December to March. But you know, it's anything's possible if you truly believe. I, I think Billups has had bad rosters, and I think really he has gotten the exact sum of the parts. Like he has never gotten more than the sum of the parts from the roster. When they, when they give him a bad roster, they get a bad record. When you give him a worse roster, you get a worse record. When you give him this year a super young, the worst roster he's coached. Well, what, look what you get, baby. You get the worst that they've been. This has been his best year coaching by a lot. Um, he's coaxed. He's he's gotten more out of the young players. I think the young, this group has responded to him. And yet they're like, you know, they're they're going to lose a bunch of games again. And on Wednesday night against the Mavericks, they started the game out 9-0 and it was over. He took a timeout down 9-0 and they were never back in the game. They were as close as eight. They got they, they were down 9-0. <laughs> they took a timeout. They, the closest close they got for the remainder eight. of the game was within eight points. So, um, you know, that's not all on him, but certainly is a factor. I famously, maybe not famous to you, but famously for my listeners on the show, think that coaching is certainly not half of the equation, probably yeah. something in the a, a third of the equation, maybe even less like talent is the thing that matters in the league. What, what is your feeling on that? Like how much do you think a coach can impact? How much could a good coach impact a team? Yeah. Watching, watching a Jason kid coach team go to the Western conference finals solidified this for me is that I think that there are five coaches in the NBA, probably maybe a little bit more than that, but like five that matter where you look at them and go, Rick Carlisle can take a team like the Pacers and the, some of their parts can be better because of what he does. The, you know, uh, Eric Spolstra, you have to, you have to believe that that matters because of what the Miami heat have done the last couple of years losing players and then going to the finals and all that. So I think that there are coaches that do raise it up. And then I think there are some coaches that are detrimental. I think Lakers fans may think that Darvin Ham is one of those coaches right now uh, because I see all the thumbnails on all the Lakers, the Lakers like YouTube videos. <laughs> Should they fire Darvin Ham right now? And so I think that there are coaches that are down there like that. And then there's just a bunch of guys that are in the middle that sometimes help their team. And then sometimes, you know, but like it is about talent. Like you said, it, it's, it's mostly about talent and just can the coach it's sort of like this is going to be a weird analogy but this is my audience is going to understand this I don't know. there's this thing I, so i went to school to be like a worship leader like in a church and the whole thing is like you're supposed to play music but you're supposed to get out of the way it's not supposed to be about you it's the one weird like very odd you're performing for a bunch of people but you're not supposed to like take in any of the like the like accolades or, ch or cheers or anything like that. And I feel like that's what coaching is in the NBA. It's like you, you go there, you set everybody up for success and then you're supposed to like get out of the way. Cause like I'm, I'm going back and doing a project to watching the 2011, like, uh, like playoffs and Phil Jackson, man. Like, I don't think we talk about Phil Jackson very much at all, but sure. We sure talk about LeBron and we talk about Kobe and we talk about Michael Jordan and Tim Duncan. Like we talk about all those guys so much. And so I, that's what I feel like coaching is. And so, I think it's still possible to win with coaches like like Chauncey Billups and with and with Jason Kidd, but to take this team to another level to like make them better than some the of their parts, you have to have like a special coach. Who's the Mavs' third best player? Honestly, very honestly, it's Derek Lively. 
Right. So, like, how good are you going to be if Derek Lively is your third best player? That's the problem. Dante Exum has made you... a case in a couple of games here and here and there, but yeah, like, I, but I again, don't think Jason, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jason Kidd is that good of a coach. Um, you know, I think he's better, probably been better in Dallas than his first couple stops in the league. Coaches get better. He spent more time around in the league and all things like that. They were a top ten defense the year they made the Western Conference Finals. That's eighty two games of being good. Um, you know, I, but at at some point, if how Derek Lively's 20, 19, 20, 19, yeah. like a, a teenage rookie that you just draft, you know, is, is, uh, however, 20 months removed from high school. If he's your third best player on the team, there is a ceiling on how good you're going to be. <laughs> like right. it, 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 it's, I think would the Mavs be better with an elite coach? Absolutely. But how much better, how much better are we talking? Would they be a championship level team with the exact same roster and you drop Eric Spolster in there? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they would be, they'd be good. They would be improved because I believe would, in like sort of the, the power of Spo, but it's, it, it, there is, there is a limitation on what you can do. Um, and, and I think, I think a lot of what coaches do is that they manage egos and they manage yes. personalities. And I'm not sure Jason Kidd is really good at that. He seems to be, he has a unique approach so maybe he, he works with some people, but he is, I will say one thing I do like about kids. I will say this to your listeners. One thing I legitimately like about kid is he will sometimes come in press conferences and act like he has no impact on the game. And I will say, hell yeah. Cause you don't dog. You don't, you didn't, what are you going to do? You called up, you called a play and, and Luca just hijacked it and did whatever he wanted. And you were like, well, sh well, shoot, well, shoot. It didn't work. Wait, he you said, know, he says what? I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm watching just like you guys. <laughs> I I like like I know that if you're a fan of the Mavs, uh, you're like that probably drives you nuts. But as like a third nuts. party viewer, I'm like I'm like I like that. I like that he'll sometimes <laughs> I'll sometimes that he'll step up there and be like, "Dog, I I'm just doing with I'm just trying my best. I tr I told them what to do and they didn't do it. And then at that point, we're just playing basketball and they play and I watch. Bless God bless him. And I think Chauncey Billups does that sometimes too. He'll be like, so uh, a, a reporter asked him if like you know, the Blazers have seven of eight games against teams with losing records. This is a chance for you to like climb up in the standings. And he was like, we're not good enough to worry about winning. <laughs> I love <laughs> and I was honest like, about stuff like that. Yeah. And that honesty, I like, I, I appreciate that. But I, um, but like, it's hard to, it's hard to look at the success that these two teams have had and the person in charge of that, you know, tasked with making them better and think like, no one could improve this. This is as good as it gets because I don't believe that. I just think, um, I just think there's a ceiling to how much the improvement, how much improvement you could have. Ceiling to both of these teams, different places. They'll play one more time. Hopefully, not another Maverick starter gets hurt in this, and and, and uh, we'll like we'll get out of this unscathed. Go check out Locked On Blazers if you don't listen to Locked On Blazers. Check out Locked On Mavs if you haven't listened to Locked On Mavs. Guys, we appreciate each and every one of you for subscribing, listening, liking this show, leaving a five star review. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked On Blazers, Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.